0: Hi, I'm Charlotte. And I'm Heli, and welcome to Growth in Progress, the podcast where we have open and honest conversations about things that aren't usually discussed, but that can help us all to grow.
1: In each episode, we spend some time catching up. We share some recommendations of something we've loved recently, and then we go on to discuss a topic that we think is really important. They're often quite big topics that a lot of people are thinking about, but maybe the conversation isn't being had. So we want to open up that conversation a bit. And we want to hear from you as well. It means the world to us when you get in touch. So please do check out the contact details that are below in the show notes. How have you been? Now, I know that we've, I've just asked you how you've been. But before we get started, I do have to tell you that it wasn't completely dark at 5.26 this evening.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is a win. That is. I agree. I agree. That is a huge win. Definitely. I am um, not too bad. not a very exciting weekend. And then now I'm getting ill again, which this is a joy. Fantastic joy. But no, had a really nice weekend. We went to see a basketball game. We did dog walk with a local like rescue shelter and went on a day trip with some friends. So had a really nice nice weekend out, and now it's been a very Monday Monday, but that's fine i can I can take that. You've got to take the wins with the losses sometimes.
1: exactly. And it looked like the dog walking thing was the world's cutest thing. I really, really want to have a go at it. I didn't know you could do it in the UK, so I am going to have a look into that now.
0: Yeah, there's definitely, not all of them do. I know there's one kind of near where my parents live that do um, dog walks, like events, but they do it a lot to raise awareness, just because all of the dogs were wearing like cute harnesses that said adopt me oh. one as well. It was. Oh
1: my God, don't, because I would fall in love and then feel really guilty about leaving them a- probably just crying mate
0: we, we were walking our dog for about three hours and at the end when he went back in the van to go back to the shelter I was like welling up like, I was like I've only known you for three hours and feel like you're my dog um, <laughs> it was hard
1: that is heartbreaking
0: how how are you what have you been up to
1: um it's been very quiet which I liked but and this is very not, this is not me at all. But I'm actually quite excited for Valentine's Day this year. Not mm. because we're doing anything. Yeah, I know. I've never celebrated Valentine's Day. It's not really a thing for me. Um, I'm not a Grinch. It's just not something we've ever done. Mm-hmm. So, but I was asked to present the live shopping show for m for Valentine's Day. And I thought, okay, let's get into the spirit of it. And then I found out the whole theme is like love in all forms. So it's not just like your romantic love for your partner, but your best friends like your family members everything do you know what it made me feel very wholesome and I now have some beautiful red roses on my desk and it's just made me feel very like grateful for love you know
0: oh I actually love that I think that's such a nice way of thinking about it like because you don't just love your partner like you do you have love for your family you have love for your friends like yeah I love that
1: it's nice isn't it and I just thought you know what I can get behind that and then I went and bought the little M&S are doing some like heart-shaped cookies that you decorate yourself and they've like gone viral on TikTok so Mm -hmm. I've lived my best wannabe Gen Z life and gone and bought them and we're going to decorate cookies this week at some point I mean neither of us have any art skills um I will probably just end up writing rude things on the cookies because we both have a dirty sense of humor but they'll be fun nonetheless uh, yeah that's the the
0: fun of it right it's not it's not no one's supposed to be a professional well maybe some people are professional biscuit decorators i don't know no shade if you are because that's a very exceptional skill
1: i definitely oh, have would you seen not those videos to.
0: yes they're have like seen- asmr oh. like the, the cake decorating ones as well oh, they really God. get me
1: all me and my dad do is send each other like good ones of those that we've seen yeah they're just so addictive and then when they when they use like the thinner like the thinner icing and it like just pulls out it looks so so good I wish I could do that but alas that is not what mine will look like
0: (laughs) Uh, please send me pictures though
1: oh of course I'm trying to think like what I can like draw on them but I have limited art skills so I can't I don't think they're very good but I will share pictures um do you want to share what your recommendation is for the week
0: I will but this is going to be no surprise to you because we've spoken about this this week oh my and God. Is- I'm so
1: excited. I, we don't we don't normally share our recommendations in advance but I'm so pleased you shared this with me because it's made my week significantly better and funnier.
0: I actually like said to Taylor I said to Taylor should I tell Charlotte? I was like I really really want to discuss this story with Charlotte but I also really want to save it for the podcast and he was like you're not going to be able to hold it in for a whole week you just need
1: to <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: but, 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 like I've built it up loads now it's a podcast called Normal Gossip and it shares listener submitted stories about basically completely banal gossip from people that you will literally never meet and it is like utterly ridiculous gossip but it is so entertaining and it's just about these stories are uh, like the first one that I listened to the whole reason I heard about it was because I saw a conversation about it on Reddit I thought oh that sounds interesting I'm gonna listen and it was in series one like episode three if this is the one you want to listen to they've got three seasons now but it's from a woman who moves to a small town and she wants to make new friends so she joins a local knitting group and some of the women in the group are really stuck up and judgy about the woman using acrylic knitting wool because apparently it's not very good quality but it's later discovered that the host who is very like snobby is secretly selling garments that are made from acrylic wool (gasps) and someone anonymously posts about it on like a knitting forum And this whole, like, hilarious story unfolds. It's, like, backstabbing, anonymous posting. There's all of these accusations about, like, knitting. And anyway, anyway, the woman who's telling the story, she just ups and leaves this town. She just sees this tiny little knitting group implode, and then she leaves. Um, Oh, my God, amazing. But... That's what got me hooked on it. And now the stories are just fantastic. One of my favorite ones was from a uh, gay men's chorus recently and they had a quartet and... Oh my gosh. Oh, I I don't want to ruin them. It's, there is so (laughs) many fantastic ones. And it's, I'm not an advocate for gossip. I know gossip can be very like toxic and I'd rather avoid being involved in gossip. But it's very different when you're listening to completely ridiculous gossip about people that you will literally never meet
1: so gossip is like fundamentally something that helps human beings bond right and I mean, it's also why true, people yeah. enjoy sharing gossip like what, you get that buzz when you're gossiping because it's like a you know formed from a long time ago in your brain what is the word i'm looking for it's like well, it's like forming connections isn't it like yeah bonds yeah and exactly stuff. that like bonding all that jazz but i'm the same as you i never want to be sitting there and cross the line from gossiping to bitching yeah And I think that can be quite difficult. Whereas this helps you to like engage in that gossip because there is no way that that story about the knitting group is not funny. And that if that was your friend telling you, you'd want to know more about it. And I have people I work with who tell me stories about like people within their lives or like people in their buildings and the drama that's happened. And I'm so invested, like these characters, I need to know more. But obviously, you can only hear it as like as it happens. Whereas this, it's, it's pretty much a wrapped up story and it really fulfills that need in me. I listened to the most recent episode, which is at the end of season three, about the watch tinkerers.
0: So I haven't listened to the I most just... recent one yet.
1: <gasps> okay. But when you listen to it, let's discuss because I have a lot of thoughts on Luna um, and the whole tinkering community that I didn't know was a thing. And the best part oh. about that story is it's all set in the early noughties. So it's like, like the internet in the early noughties. It's nostalgia lane. It's fabulous.
0: Oh, the last one I listened to was the one that I told you about. Which again, I was also like, I don't know if I can share it on the podcast because it's a poo story. But
1: I it's was very graphic, cringing. A poo story, but it was brilliant.
0: I was just cringing so hard, and we both came to the conclusion that what kind of friendship group would would not come together to give someone alternatives when you are in such a dire toilet related situation post date
1: like I think that we need to link below which episode that is partly because I want to listen to it firsthand but also because everyone listening now should go and listen to that and if you don't have a friend or a group of friends who you can call in that situation you really need to reassess your life. If you don't have anyone you can call or if you called any of your so-called friends and they wouldn't help you in that situation, you need to reevaluate your friendships. I think that's a very important piece of self-care that we all need to do in the next seven days. Because she should not have been in that situation. If If I was in that situation, I would have called you and you would have talked me through exactly what we do next and it would not have been the outcome she got to.
0: We would have been extremely strategic. We're being very cloak and dagger about this, but it is actually quite like a quite a graphic poo story and if that's just not your yeah.
1: humor
0: I don't want to share it on <laughs> as <laughs> hilarious as it is
1: but also not like, everyone's it, vibe <laughs> it's but also it's like a great punchline so you should listen to it firsthand. Yes. Alex and I had an in-depth debate after you sent me that and he was like nah she needs better friends I was like exactly yeah exactly yes.
0: so anyway but 100% anyway. <laughs> recommend nice easy listening um what is your recommendation
1: I've jumped on a bandwagon late again, which is my favorite thing to do. Um, I finally started watching Ginny and Georgia. And I will be perfectly honest and say, when it came out, I was like, I'm not watching that because it's a rip off of Gilmore Girls and I'm a Gilmore Girls loyalist and I was a complete knob about it without knowing anything about the TV show other than the fact that there's a mum and a daughter who have like a 15-year age gap. So I obviously just made an assumption, which I shouldn't have done because then it was recommended to me and I was like, I'm going to give this to go. It's not like Gilmore Girls. The similarities between Gilmore Girls and Ginny and Georgia end at the close age gap it's kind of like that meets Desperate Housewives if you were really into Desperate Housewives in its heyday not when it started to lose its like way a little bit but in its heyday of the really great storylines you would love Ginny and Georgia it's wild it's dark like as a trigger warning it deals with like oh so many things like self-harm domestic abuse like mental health issues health issues like this there's so much like there's a lot of trigger warnings that come up on the screen when you start to hit play on Netflix mm. um and I actually think the way they deal with all of those issues is brilliant and it really shows two different sides there is a really heartbreaking bit where the daughter and her friends refer to Britney Spears as um retro that killed me oh my god um but also it's quite funny to watch because we're the same age as the mum in it so like they're oh all saying God. stuff and I'm like yeah exactly it. so this blew my mind um so I really enjoyed it from that perspective as well but it's absolutely like I completely binged it it was brilliant I really enjoyed it each episode's about an hour long um and I already can't wait for season three and it's one of those things where it's like the lead character is a real anti-hero kind of unlikable person but you kind of want to like them which I know is a genre we both love Mm -hmm. what uh is it on Netflix yeah Netflix original
0: oh I really don't have capacity to start something new but I really want to start that now
1: well if you're going to be sick you may as well be sick and watch Ginny and Georgia
0: that is true although this is going to kill you as well on that like Britney Spears related thing I saw a reel Mm -hmm. yesterday and it was this girl, like, daughter getting into a car and she's like, I got this vintage camera from um, the second hand store. And her mum was like, what did you just call that? And it's it's like one of, it's a digital camera.
1: I know where this is going before you even say it. You know, like it the, the ones old... we took on nights out?
0: yes the ones we used to take on nights out when we were at university and upload all the pictures for the next day and the the mum is like what did you just call she's like a vintage camera and she's like that's not vintage it's got a screen that <laughs> kills me I'm like is this is this our age marker now it really hurts
1: yeah, well, I'm I'm gonna send you a TikTok series that this it came up on my for you page. It's brilliant, and it's like it's called something like things that millennials experience that would send Gen Z into a coma. And the first one was when you got your mobile phone, you had to pay for texts. You had to pay ten pence per text. So there was none of this long essay writing or even voice noting. You had to abbreviate. You had to make sure that every single one of those texts crammed as much information in as possible. There was no texting k by or anything like that
0: if it went over a page you had to pay a whole extra text rate for
1: it and if you then like if you're flirting with someone and it went over a page you'd have to be like do i cut out a word or do i not put the kiss on but if i don't put the kiss is it going to be misconstrued like the dramas. whereas now i I send like a message in
0: like a 20 part whatsapp
1: (laughs) yeah i i send it like i speak so every single sentence is a separate message and then sometimes i just voice note for 10 minutes so I mean, 2005, Charlotte is like, whoa, this is wild. I feel like it's been a real journey
0: for us, though.
1: So you know, yeah. Well, I had a really interesting thing. It was a really interesting thing about how we're that weird generation where we relate to like the older millennials and Gen X, like we have a lot of very similar memories to them, but also because of the age at which we were when the internet really came alive we also semi grew up with it so like we and actually this is like spoken a lot about in Ginny and Georgia and I've gone really back and forth on whether I'm really jealous of that generation or whether I'm so grateful and I think I'm grateful that I didn't have that because that generation definitely are more aware they're better at talking based on this One Netflix show I've watched that has given me any exposure to Gen Z, but Mm. they're like more on top of it in terms of like inclusion and being kind to one another and all of this stuff. I'm sure there are still complete dickheads that exist, um but it seems like they've just got their shit together a bit more than we did. But equally, they have Snapchat and they have Instagram filters and they have all of the toxicity that goes along with that. So I saw
0: BBC article today that was talking about like the rise of Chat GPT and how it's created What's like this... Chat gpt oh my god are you joking oh my god
1: no i'm not i'm being deadly taylor said that? that as well i was like where have you been well that makes me feel better because taylor's older than me <laughs> no offense no, you
0: know this like it's it's been out for two months now it's like the latest ai concept where it's basically you know how was MSN? we used to you could have like a like conversation with a bot like you oh bottle, is
1: they? this the one that i keep seeing like where it's people like i'll oh, use that for copywriting and i was like i'm not a copywriter i'm not looking at that yeah
0: I've so instead of using in Posado. I'm not. well instead of using like ai software like jasper ai and all, so all of those ones this is actually like conversational so you ask it a question and then it gives you a response back and it's kind of terrifyingly intelligent but i saw an article today about how it can undermine entire like education syllabuses because now a kid could be like hey chat whatever I don't know what you call it um write me a a 1,000 word essay on the I don't know the the causes of the second world war and it's there instantly I'm like oh my god like actually that's I mean I know it can do a lot of other things and impact a lot of other industries but I'm like god imagine being a kid now like no more panic the night before to write stuff but then how how are schools going to counteract that like how are you going to ai filter homework like that's wild yeah i mean that's a whole other conversation but that was of all of the things ai can do that was the thing that stuck with me like oh my god imagine the impact on homework
1: (laughs) oh my god but also like that scares me because there is someone Hmm. somewhere or a group of people somewhere who have orchestrated an algorithm that that software looks up to so if you say write me an essay on the second world war the question is never write me an essay on the second world war it's like list the pros and cons of x thing that happened during this war you're never going to get an unbiased opinion and I think when it's an individual's opinion like an actual kid writing the essay even if that viewpoint is wildly out there at least it's kind of written by a human and it's kind of because you're young and you maybe haven't like got fully formed thoughts yet a group of adults at some point will have inputted into this ai to say yes you have a more liberal view or a more conservative view on this topic or this topic and that makes me feel really uncomfortable i think it's just pooling from the internet like and that scares me even more because think of how like algorithm to the internet is
0: oh yeah i mean there's a lot of extremes on both ends
1: yeah, like, but think you, you go, you just have to scroll down your newsfeed. Like if I went onto TikTok now and I followed a couple of hashtags about millennials, I'm going to get a completely different view to if you go on there and look at like Croatia or whatever. And it completely skews the whole perspective. And that makes me a bit nervous when it comes to like, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. That gives me, I don't like that. Yeah, I it old. is. Mm hmm.
0: It is weird. But then I guess in some
1: circumstances it's going to be really useful for like more more balanced commentary on things. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, again, it it depends
0: how it pulls from. I saw someone else like asking it about the best places for were like LGBTQ friendly for digital nomads and it pulled up like this incredible list of these are the top five places based on this and this and this these are the pros and cons this is how it would fit within your budget i also have oh, a list wow. of five other places that could be other options for you but i've ruled them out based on the fact that they are have a more expensive cost of living their wi-fi is not as stable and i know these are important things for being a digital nomad i'm like oh my
1: god what? see that's amazing and that's democratizing access to information isn't
0: it yeah but also terrifying. Like it it answered thoughts that you would have as a human, like, hmm, I wonder if the internet's good or oh, oh that's a bit out of my budget. And it's already given you those answers. Weird.
1: It's like preempting you. That's yeah. fascinating. Anyway, that's not our topic for today. Um, no, it is not. Shall we start our topic and have a conversation about how do you know when it's time for a career change? We have both very openly said over the years that um we've had quite like zigzag, squiggly Like stop start careers in that we've done different things we've tried different industries some of it we've loved some of it we've not loved quite so much Um, but within that we have had career changes and how do you know when it's the moment to have a change
0: Mm -hmm. I think it's it's not as black and white as people think like oh you're unhappy in your job or you don't like the people that you work with oh then you should leave like I think obviously those are very valid reasons to want to change your career but I think there is so much more nuance and reasons for why you might want to change your your job your career direction your whole industry that you're in because I think that's that's part of this isn't it it's we're not just talking about like a one-off job change but this is also looking at changing the direction of your career and there's there's so many different things that can come into that as well it isn't just as black and white as I hate my job I'm leaving
1: there's definitely nuance in it and I also think it's important to create that distinction in your mind about whether you are looking for a change of job or a change of career like to me a change of job is maybe the company you're working for isn't taking the direction that you agree with maybe you kind of feel like you've come to the end of the road there maybe You don't enjoy the actual job or the people that you work with or whatever it is. But if it were a job within the same kind of area, but elsewhere, you'd enjoy it. That to me is very much like a job change. A career change, to me at least, feels more like a pivot. It's going, it's kind of being a bigger reset moment and taking a step back and going, okay, hold on, let's get all of my ducks in a row. Let's assess what I'm doing, where I want to go right now, what I think I want to achieve long term and what changes do I need to make to get there because mm-hmm. it to change your career requires a lot more forethought but also more risk because if you're going I mean you could kind of do what you and I have done over the years which is more like I wouldn't say I've necessarily had career changes as much as I've pivoted my career like I've kind of gone sideways or gone into other things which are different but Aren't, it's not like I've gone from being an engineer to a tv presenter to a marketing expert or something like that and, and, and I, I think, think
0: that that's what people are thinking about when no, no, no. when we talk about stuff like this that you've moved from one label to another you've moved from a teacher to an accountant or something like that and obviously there's so much more in between that in terms of things like like soft skills is it actually that you love communicating and you love talking with people and you would like a job that's more fitting to that part of you is it that you're more analytical and you'd rather pivot into a career that's kind of more fulfilling to that side or something more creative maybe that's that's what you're looking Mm -hmm. for more of and I think this is where it comes to considering what your wider career goals are because for me I know like a big driving factor is like I've never hated a job like I'm and I'm lucky to be able to say that I don't think I've I mean I've been unhappy at certain points but I think a bigger driver for me is not feeling challenged enough or like I'm not making enough of an impact or I think a really big one and I feel like I don't know maybe this is the group of friends that we're a part of but I also feel like I have this conversation a lot there's not A lot of people feel there's not enough progression opportunities and you've exhausted all of those conversations with your manager about a promotion or a pay rise or a change in responsibilities. And the answer is no. And at which point you might feel, okay, to progress, I need to move, whether that is sideways, whether that is in a different industry.
1: I think if you're wondering whether or not you need to pivot and have a bit of a career change moment, you probably do if you're asking yourself that question there's probably something within your current work experience that isn't fulfilling you like there's a need that's unmet mm-hmm. and I think a really big part of it is having a really like quite a frank conversation with yourself and going what do I envisage myself doing five years 10 years 20 years from now like our generation are going to be working well into our 70s unless we can all pull off some like master con and retire early So within this part of my career, because I do think you can have multiple careers, which is kind of a different conversation, I think. But within this section we're in right now, what is my goal? Is it that I want to lead a big team and lead change in an industry or a company? Is it that I want to help as many people as physically possible? Is it that I want to, you know, pioneer innovation and new technology? Whatever it is, you've got to sit down and go, based on where I am today, what can i currently not do if i carry on this very like this linear trajectory i'm on if i just carry go on going up vertically am i going to have all the skills i need in my arsenal to do that well and there will definitely be industries and jobs that require you to be extremely specialized but I think for m- the majority of people, it's probably a case of you do have that flexibility to look outside of your current career in order to grow and develop and test out different things as well. And there's a lot of opportunity when you consider a career change and like, that's a bit scary, but it's really exciting.
0: Yeah, and but I think that's why it's important. To understand what those soft skills are that you have mm. and be really specific about what you do or don't like about them. Because then, like you said, it's that then is going to open up other opportunities for you. If you're not in a super specific niche career like something like engineering or medicine. Mm but you have developed all of these skills over your career, you could pivot into something completely different or you can move sideways or you can move to a different company and do something similar that feels more aligned. But I do think as soon as you start looking at the opportunities that those soft skills offer, then like you're saying, the opportunities are almost endless. And then you have that kind of space for getting outside of your comfort zone, which is scary but I also feel like that's where you're going to see the really big change and feel like, okay, yes, this is really fulfilling or this is really like aligned with me and this is what I definitely want to do.
1: Mm. That was a really big driver for me in kind of changing the direction of my career was the comfort zone piece. I liked mm-hmm. my job. I could do my job. I could do my job well. And I'm not ashamed to say that. And I liked my team and the people I worked with and all of that. But I was not being challenged and I knew that I was so firmly in my comfort zone that if I didn't make some sort of change, I would end up coasting. And for some people, that's fine. And I'm not here to judge. But for me personally, that isn't what I want to do. And I was like, really, I know I've got to do a thing that scares me. And so I went after the thing that scares me, like the skill set that I knew I didn't. I maybe had a bit, but actually, like the fundamental skills were brand new to me. And I think there's a moment when you change careers and I imagine you've had this too where you have that moment of doubt where you go, hold on, this is actually really hard. Being out of my comfort zone is actually just horrible and have I made a huge mistake because I had all this experience and I've wasted it. But I think often if you can push through that, that's where real growth comes and it helps you to see more opportunities and there's also something in like building that resilience within yourself I think because you must have had Mm -hmm. it you went from publishing which is your dream career for years in and then you moved to Australia and you weren't in publishing anymore
0: yeah yeah (laughs) no that I mean like but that and and this is where those other skills that you have come in because I was yes I was in publishing but I worked in publishing sales so I Mm. was doing a b2b Sales and I moved to Australia and I went into the financial sector. I was actually still doing B2B sales. I was just selling a different product and working for a different company. I was in a different sector. My day to day like tasks that I did were very, very similar. And I mean, it's not like it was any kind of life goal for me to work in the financial sector. It was just kind of what fitted at the time because I was on a visa for a year. But I think that's a really good example of how you can you can challenge yourself and have a change, but you still it doesn't mean you don't have any of the skills that are required to support you in that change. I yeah. think there is a lot of – and I know women especially doubt themselves so much, oh, well, this is a completely new job and I've never done anything like it before. I probably shouldn't even apply because I can't do some of the things on the job description. You probably are doing a lot of things on the job description. It's just in a different environment.
1: Yeah. I recently was introduced to the concept of the cycle of change. I think it's like it's called the Dunning-Kruger effect. I'm sure there's like a more human friendly way of saying it. But it's that thing of like you start when you know nothing and you're kind of like you've got that optimism about you and you're um, like you're almost naively optimistic and then after a little while you go into that valley of despair where you're like I am awful this was an awful idea why did I think I should change my career I should have stayed in my comfort zone I don't know what I'm doing and then you start to like come out of it on the like slope of enlightenment and it's informed like optimism you're like okay I could do this I kind of know roughly what I'm doing and things get better and I think so often, particularly as women, we're so terrified of the Valley of Despair that we will not even try, which means we don't get the other parts. We don't get that growth and we don't get the kind of known enlightenment and the, the opportunities that come with pivoting because it's really, really scary. But to your point, there's almost always skills that you can transfer across. And if you wanted the easy thing you probably wouldn't be looking at a career change in the first place there's probably a part of you that wants the challenge
0: and I do think it comes down to like what is I don't want to say easier but is it going to be easier for you to make that change now and go through that valley of despair which fits nicely with what we were talking about consistency last week because that's where the consistency Mm -hmm. and the discipline comes in and you build that resilience to then come out the other side
1: I found it I found it really helpful when someone shared this with me though because it's that's Thing of like trusting the process a bit mm-hmm. and you've been bold enough to make a change and I think if you're questioning whether or not you need a change you probably do you probably need something to change and you don't have to know exactly what you want to do in 10 years time who the hell knows that like if you asked me 10 years ago the answer I gave you would not be what I do now I can assure you I didn't even know this job existed um mm-hmm. I don't think I even knew podcasts existed 10 years ago. Like it, there's no way I would have been thinking about any of the things I do now, but it opens up, it opens up opportunity. It allows you to test yourself a bit and see what those other skills are that you don't even realize you have. Like you say about job specs and people going, Oh, I don't have all the skills for that. You probably do, but you almost don't realize it because you don't flex that muscle very often. Yeah. And I think just run at the opportunities
0: yeah and I do think I think if you like you were saying if you're already considering it you're you're halfway there like as much as it's scary to get out of your comfort zone and every time I find myself in that situation where I'm like this is really scary I always think I try and think of a bigger picture like will I Mm -hmm. what feels more scary doing this thing now knowing it will be hard for a while Then knowing I will get better and it will become easier, or not doing this thing at all, and then looking back in 10 years and still being scared of the same thing and knowing that I never did it when I had the chance before. And I know that's like such a big thing to say, but if you are already considering it, like what will you kick yourself more for, giving it a try or just never giving it a try and always wondering, oh, what if I had done that? Because if you're going to be put off by that kind of valley of despair, it, there's, there's so much that you've gone through in life and you've already got through that valley. But I mean, I always think like just, even just me going self-employed, I could have just not done it. I could have mm. just, I like, waited until the job market improved after COVID. I, I could have gone so many other routes, but I was like, okay, I'm terrified, but I have to make something work because right now I, my other options are extremely limited. And it, like, I was fully aware it could have gone tits up. It could still go tits up. But I would have regretted more not giving it a go when I knew it was something I, or like in my mind, it was something I already wanted to try. Mm. And I'd already been toying with the idea. And I think if you have a little niggle of, oh, I'd really like to try this thing, or I'm not really enjoying this at work. I'd love to go somewhere where I could do this thing instead. Or like you said, you wanted more opportunities. You wanted to be out of your comfort zone. You wanted to be challenged. I really think you have to like honor yourself and try.
1: I agree I completely agree with you and it's so scary and I think it's especially if it's a very big career change like moving complete jobs and industries and everything then of course it needs more consideration but I think you've got to see it as like you said what's the alternative if you don't do this what's the alternative because it's probably not that you'll be sitting there in however many years time going oh yeah cool okay whatever Mm -hmm. like how do you make this situation better? Because if you're looking for a career change, you're probably not happy in what you're doing and you're not fulfilled. The only thing, the only person who can make that any better is you. It's entirely on your shoulders. So,
0: yeah. You know, and it's not like you're a. Better,
1: I just think you're better to take the opportunity.
0: Yeah. We're, we're not telling you like you've got to jump into this thing. And we've said it before no one's telling anyone to just like quit their job without a plan. Like, of course, have a plan in place. Try and have some like living costs saved up, so you've got a bit of a buffer. Really think about like your current versus your ideal role, and how much of like your ideal role can you bring into the role that you're looking for? There's a lot of things that you can do. This is not just like an overnight decision that someone's expecting you to make. I think if it's Mm -hmm. something that's niggling, you've got to run with it.
1: Yeah, and I I think nowadays it's so much more common to have a career change, and especially if you're in a big company to move around and try different things out so I would also say if you're considering it speak to people who you know who have done it or who have considered it and people who have maybe been in the business longer or are in different areas because that's the easiest way to find out whether or not it's gonna it is something you want to pursue like speak to other people about their lived experience
0: yeah and don't feel judged for having a portfolio career it's more normal now than ever like no one's expecting you to stay with the same company for 30 years like
1: no I love my portfolio career I love that every now and again I can be like yes when I was in PR (laughs) or when I did this job or what I know this random fact about Madrid because I used to work in the travel industry it's fun yeah like you make of it what you make of it right
0: oh mate I still throw around I used to work for Harry Potter's publisher all the time
1: I mean you can't sleep on that that is a great that is great we really hope you've enjoyed this episode if you're in that kind of weird place right now about whether or not you want to make a change to your career we hope this has helped you a bit we will be back next wednesday with another episode so don't forget to hit subscribe but in the meantime stay safe and stay well bye bye